Hello, everybody. You're listening to Amplify the Arts, a place for artists and art lovers of all kinds to gather, hear stories, and be inspired to amplify the arts in their own lives. I'm Sarah Dudnitz, a pageant girl, communication specialist, and all-around artsy-fartsy kid, and I am so happy that you're here. Before we dive into it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of your screen right now and share it on your Instagram story, tagging us at Amplify the Arts so that we can thank you and keep in touch with you there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Amplify the Arts. Thank you so much for listening and uh, joining me on this journey. I'm very excited to have my first ever guest, the one and only... Erica Rose Kennedy with me today. So sad I can't see you in person. Of course, we always have a blast, but I know. Um, here we are. So a little bit of background for everybody. I met Erica seven years ago, I think. I started competing in pageants around then, and Erica actually won the first pageant that I ever went and watched, which feels like an eternity ago. Um, which is insane. But we've sort of been side by side ever since. A couple years ago, we were sort of sister queens um, when I was Miss Kalamazoo and you were Miss West Michigan, correct? Yes. So we've had lots of journeys, lots of late nights, Miss Michigan talks, so many things. But there was so much uh, admiration for the work that you do with the arts and how passionate you are about that. And you're also one of the most talented people that I know. So I would love to have you um, sort of introduce yourself a little more. What are you up to? What are you doing? Yeah, so like you said, to everyone watching, my name is Erica Kennedy. Um, You know, I'm 24. Um, I graduated from Oakland University's School of Music, Theater, and Dance program this past year. So in the middle of COVID, we went through a graduation, the finishing of theater classes online, which, you know, any theater student, any music student, it's a new level of insanity. I think the only other people in Oakland's school, you know, in Oakland who were struggling as much as we were, were people who had labs. So I'm sure the, um, the lab, any, any medical student or any um, engineers were struggle bussing, but you know, we made it through the school is doing a great job. You know, it was a great experience to go to Oakland. And so I was a, I got my BFA in musical theater. So that means, you know, I can teach, I can do voice coachings. There are a lot of like little jobs that I'm going to be able to do now that I'm freshly graduated. I'm fresh meat for the New York (laughs) city life. (laughs) Come at me, get up at 4am. Let's get in that line. So what I'm up to right now is I've been doing a lot of fundraising and volunteering for Broadway Cares. And I'm sure as we go along, I'll be able to talk a little bit more about how that's my social impact initiative with the Miss America organization. But it's also a passion that I'm going to continue to be a part of well into my professional career and in the real world. They do such an amazing job helping the theater community thrive. They've done an emergency COVID assistance fund. They've helped raise so much for families struggling during COVID and you just gotta love them. They're such a great team. They're lovely. So doing that, um, after a very successful New York showcase, which is offered to all the seniors at Oakland University in the music, in the School of Music, Theater and Dance, um, I have had an offer to be had to have an agent once I moved to the city so I do have to look into that you know yeah it's really exciting I don't really share that a lot um you know the showcase is insane we joined with westerns musical theater um class so we got to meet everybody we we kind of know of each other but we got to put a name to a face and hear everyone's amazing talent it was a wonderful experience and 
we actually, Oakland's class actually had the largest amount of callbacks. I think we had 70 or something total callbacks for the 14 of us. So obviously my, like my friends, Clayton and Stacy, they had so many callbacks. They were, we were so proud of them. Um, So, you know, looking into having an agent is something that's very difficult for most performers because, you know, it's a double-edged sword. You got to pay the people to help you get the job. But if you can do it by yourself, that's also beneficial. So I kind of have to decide decide what I'm going to do with that once I get to the city. But hopefully I'll be um, either in Chicago or New York after the Miss Michigan competition in June, unless, you know other circumstances happen and I'll have to stick around Michigan for another year and help out there and we'll just have to see. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I'm so proud of you. Um, Again, I have like watched you perform for years and years and I just think you are so incredible. Um, Do you want to maybe talk a little bit about um, why you do what you do? Why the arts? Why a career in theater? Yeah, sure. I'm logically, I guess it's My story is the same as so many other performers. I was three when I got thrown into dance lessons because I had a lot of energy and a lot to give. And my mom was like, let's get this energy out of her as quickly as possible. So I was dancing in at a studio in Davison, Michigan. When I was, like I said, when I was three, my mom danced there as well. My brother kind of joined in uh, for fun. And he was, you know, he's a pianist. So it was kind of in the realm of reality. And the Dance, the, our dance teacher who owned it actually was a former dance captain on Broadway. She was in the original Chicago wow. and the original cabaret. Yeah, it's really cool. She was, like I said, she was the dance captain and she worked and had a wonderful career. Her son, Don, um, has done Les Mis on Broadway. He's had a very successful Broadway career. He now teaches at Oakland. I think this is his last year before his contract is up. But he transitioned to being a teacher in New Jersey with his ex-wife. Now he and she both live here in Michigan. Their daughter, Georgia, um, doesn't want to do theater anymore. (laughs) But we've been all very close, especially because of the studio. So they've been great resources, very supportive. It's just been wonderful to get to know them. I actually just finished a voice coaching with Lisa right before we we met up. So I've had my fill of so many wonderful people in one day. But that being said, so I was in this realm of, my realm of reality was theater was just everything. I didn't grow up listening to a lot of pop music, maybe except Kelly Clarkson's Breakaway. For some reason, that song. That was a good one. That was a good song. It was. It's just so dramatic. Oh my gosh. So, you know, when dance started getting little singing parts, little solos, and I thought, wow, I kind of want to do this. And my mom had always wanted to do it. She's like, oh, we share something. So it kind of became something we would um, always bond over. Then when I got to high school, I thought, I don't have time to dance. I need to act. So (laughs) I dropped out of dancing and did just singing and acting. I had a wonderful career in high school. You know, I got the lead, I think, twice. You know, that's a lot as a high schooler. I was involved in everything. I dipped my um, toes in everything though. I was, we were making our own costumes. We've, I was an assistant director for one of the shows, which was a great experience, but really it changes when you go to college. And I think a lot of people who aren't in the major, that if it's your professional career, it's very different because you know, in high school, it's a great way to get to know people people who are like-minded and what we, you know, we don't really understand is maybe they have opinions about people, you know, where you're, 
making sure everybody's needs are met. I think that's the best part about theater people. We're very conscientious of others and other people's needs. So, you know, when you get to college, it was, I know, my teacher said it the best. Her name was Janet. I took one year at U of M Flint because I had amazing scholarship from the Miss America organization. So I took a, I mean, I had almost a whole year paid for for free. I think I took, um, I paid it off by working in the small little pub across the street. Um, But yeah, my teacher, Janet, is a professional Shakespearean actor, was a professional Shakespearean actress in Ohio. She is amazing. She's so funny, very dry, very witty. But I remember one of our first classes, Janet looked at all of us and said, actors, you guys are advocates of the human condition. And that phrase has always stuck with me. Because when you think about it, you know, when you do theater for real, I can see two possibilities for me. You can either perform because you want to be famous, you know, and have, you know, make money, which is definitely some people's realities. But then the people I've aligned myself with through college, through U of M Flint and Oakland and some professionals is that we love to tell stories. We love to be able to take that moment and dive into a character, dive into someone else's life and gain a new perspective. And that's really what theater has become now. Like we've seen um, arguably Hamilton when we get to see, you know, what it was like to be an immigrant, to be black, to, you know, be a slave. We start to see some of those differences and we, theater is so powerful in that way. We can try to explain to people who may not be as informed as others that there is a reason behind all this Mm -hmm. but let us tell you in a really fun example in a fun way and try to get your attention it doesn't always work but we're just trying to get a message across so i think that's really why my love of theater has grown to have those chances yeah that is just such a beautiful i love that phrase too from your teacher i don't think anyone could ever say it any better than that not just about theater but the arts in general. And I mean, that's the whole reason I started this podcast. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Throughout being involved in the arts your entire life, what do you feel like are the most valuable life skills? So not necessarily the actual like singing or dancing or acting, but like the life skills that sort of transcend into your everyday life. I'd say the biggest one for me it's kind of an overall lesson. It's having a bigger worldview, which is going kind of right mm-hmm. back to being an advocate for others. I think by being in theater, you become more conscientious of others' feelings, thoughts, opinions, ideals. I remember so many times we'd walk into the green room and someone would be arguing about something. There's always nonsense going on in that room of some kind. And it was so lovely to find the people that you could have a real conversation with and talk about different ideas and try to do it respectfully. Was it always successful? No, not always. We're humans, Uh, it's never gonna be successful. (laughs) It's so true, but we did our best and we tried to make sure that we could all make a connection of some kind. And I think that's an overall theme that we need more in this world. Mm -hmm. We need more compassion and understanding. We need to walk a mile in each other's shoes. And I mean, with Black Lives Movement, I think a lot of white people are really trying to empathize. We are trying to understand and we're trying to show that respect. And I think theater is really where it all starts. I mean, we've done so many great shows written by African-American men and women. And we re- we've been able to see significant moments in lives and we're better educated and we're better off for it. Absolutely. Oh, 
Yeah, I'm just in awe. That's so incredible. Before I forget, I was wanting to ask you, what is your favorite role that you've ever played? Oh, oh, your face just lit up. <laughs> I oh. love it. Because I can't, you, you know, that's the double-edged sword question. It like is. you want to, you want to play. <laughs> so here's, here's the sad reality. That question is also wrapped in, I've played all my dream roles as of right now. Well, good I was for Sally, you. I know. Sally Bowles and Drowsy from when I was a kid. Fiona and Shrek. What's mm-hmm. with Sutton Foster? I think I have a type. <laughs> I've played the Wicked Witch of the West, which was, a, I really don't know how that happened still. I was kind of just goofing around and they went, yeah. Um, that sounds you like know you. What? It, it really was. I kind of just put the broom, you know, and was Kathleen. Give this woman a job. Yeah. <laughs> My teacher went, hmm, you cannot be Dorothy, but you'd be good for this. <laughs> um, I think actually, besides Elle Woods, Mm. I'd have to say I was in a show called Lysistrata and it was, we called it Lysistrata Remix. So it was, the show was written by our teacher at school and it was more of a updated version of kind of a feminist um, stance on, you know, what the women of Lysistrata were going through in this traditional Greek tragedy. We made it modern day and I played Lampedo and (laughs) Lampedo (laughs) is the Spartan warrior, leader of the warriors. So for our audition, we had to embody and walk or fill the space with what we think their carriage would be. And here's another example of Erica just being dumb and getting the role. I didn't really know what role. So I just knew I have to do something. I have to do big. So I saw on the call board, Lampedo, warrior woman. And I went, this will be great. So I puffed my chest out with big man arms and waltzed around the room and I remember making eye contact with my teacher and her going (laughs) and just returning back to her notes and I went yep okay I've either done a good job or she's gonna be mad (laughs) I think (laughs) that's my favorite my favorite thing about you is you never go small right like it's go big or go home and that's why I think this career is just absolutely perfect for you (laughs) oh my gosh well I've learned to be big it's very Mm -hmm. easy I know you're going to ask me about it later, but I think I'll just address it now since mm-hmm. we're there. Some it. of the biggest challenges are in theater for me were, um, you know, I hit some lows in college, like everybody does. Mm-hmm. We go through so many, so many moments of growth in your personal life, in your professional life. And while I was so obsessed with learning new things and advancing in singing and acting and dancing and worrying so much about the things I didn't know how to do, I kind of forgot the best parts of myself for a while. And now that I'm, I'm out of college, really the transition out of college with COVID, I kind of started to realize I need to be grateful and I need to start writing down the things that I am good at. I need to remind myself often. And those, like you said, those are the moments where I love to be just silly and dumb and just really have fun with characters. So it, it's a transitionary period, definitely, for a lot of actors to find, you know, you think you're this. You're in this tiny little box, but then college gives you the opportunity to become a jack of all trades just for a hot minute. And then when you go in the real world, you're like, I know where I live, but I know what I can become. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was one of those experiences. And Lampino was a chance for me to really say, yep, this is me. I got to help write some of my own lines. It was, it was just an amazing, amazing experience. Oh my goodness. That sounds incredible. It was great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I would love to transition into (laughs) Broadway Cares. 
because oh my I think the work that you do with them is so incredible. So do you want to talk about what they do and what you've done with them and for them? Yeah, of course. So um, a brief overview of Broadway Cares, if I'm just going to sum it up. Broadway Cares, um, Equity Fights AIDS, is the nation's leading industry based in HIV slash AIDS fundraising. Mm -hmm. So whenever we donate to the Actors Fund, which is a very well-known organization, you're actually helping support Broadway Cares. They have provided over $300 million to over 450 organizations in all 50 states, including some of our province, you know, some of our other areas. And what they do is they make sure and they create grants to help people who are facing HIV you know, this uh, mm-hmm. a horrible disease that they have to live with for the rest of life. They provide them with life-saving medication. They help theater families who may not have food. They may not be able to pay their rent or have their elect- pay their electricity bills. All this money is allocated to different organizations to make sure everybody in the theater community's needs are met. So it has been such a great um, opportunity to volunteer and fundraise with them. And it was wonderful because, it, well, it still is. Um, I have a really great relationship with so many people in the New York office that I call and I just say, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm doing this turkey trot that somebody here supported very much. I sure did. <laughs> yes. Yes, that was incredible. So for everyone listening, Erica uh, did a fundraiser for Broadway Cares. And she was like, if I reach this goal, I'm, what was it? You were going to, it was a dance video of you in a turkey Mm -hmm. costume, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I was like, I will fully fund this project because I will give anything to see that. (laughs) And I was surprised how close we actually got. Mm -hmm. I put a lofty goal and it was about halfway through. I went, oh, this was too much. (laughs) A little too ambitious. But we made we made over halfway, mm-hmm. so I mean it was wonderful. Fantastic. But that's just some of the opportunities. And what Broadway Cares is best known for um, is their bucket brigades, which is the red buckets that they hold at the end of Broadway shows. I know you've seen at least one show with the Broadway yes. buckets. I remember yeah, it very so- clearly. I was walking out of Mean Girls on Broadway, mm-hmm. and Kyle <gasps> Selig Selig was there holding the bucket, and I felt yeah. so bad I didn't have money for him, but patted him on the shoulder and said, "Good job, pal." <laughs> Thanks. Sarah being awkward in front of Broadway stars, but you know, par for the. I really love that for you, though. Yeah, I would be no different to go. I'd probably go, (laughs) drop the money and leave. (laughs) It would probably just be an awkward chuckle, if anything. Um, Yeah, so we do the fund. Those fundraisers are not done actually everywhere. Oakland is one of three colleges in Michigan that actually have fundraisers been approved. I had to write so many letters, so many action plans. It had to be approved by our whole department over the summer of my senior year. So I wrote everything up, gave it to the board and they said, we're going to take over the summer and we'll tell you if we can or not. I went, Ooh, okay. Okay. This is going to be tense until I find out. And then of course it was approved. I had the teacher support. Um, At least three of our teachers had been part of bucket brigades on, um, on national stages, um, local stages. It's been really great. So they kind of all knew about the speech. They were worked really well with me. We made sure it was curated for each show. Yeah. So working with Broadway Karis has just been an amazing experience. And the best part is when I go into my professional career, I can keep doing it. And I just get to be a part of this for the rest of my life. (laughs) How perfect. I love that. So what inspired you initially to start working with them? Well, I started working with them because when I was reevaluating my Miss Michigan, Miss America Mm -hmm. um, social impact initiative, I've gone from doing 
so many different fundraisers. I was um, a lot, I was really big on illiteracy for a long time, which is still one of my loves. But what, what made me make the change to advocate is that, you know, we talk about HIV and AIDS, which really is what the organization supports for the most part. And so many of your theater family does happen to be gay. And I can't imagine someone living at this. And the thing is, here's the thing, Sarah. It's, it, there's still a lot of stigma surrounding it. People don't talk about it. People our age, I've tried to talk to about it, think it will never happen to them. doesn't matter if they're gay or straight. And it's, it is a real disease. It is still one of the leading causes of death among citizens. So it's something I really care about. Like, I don't want anyone in my family, my immediate family here at home to get sick with COVID, nor would I wish that death upon anybody else because that's an incurable disease, you know, HIV. And it's just something I really care about. I don't want, I want everyone to live their best life. I want them to perform. I want them to be happy. So if they, if, you know, if one of my family's sick, I'm jumping in to help them as soon as I can. So you know, it's just, yeah. it became very close to my heart. My theater people are always close to my heart, no matter if oh, we were in high school good. for a hot second or college for life, it matters. And well, I think that relates so well back to what you were talking about earlier with empathy and how, I mean, that's one of the biggest skills that you've learned through theater. And now just making sure everyone's needs are met. Cause you're right. When you're involved in theater, it's a family very quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's incredible. Um, what's been your favorite part? If you could pick one. <laughs> Oh, being involved with Broadway Cares. Ooh. Um, that's so hard because, you know, I've had a lot of little moments. I got to go to New York with my brother who accompanied me. And we did the, um, the tur- we did the real run um, when we- in New York last year, November. Oh. Um, so that was really fun. And I got to meet my New York contacts um, in their office. We did a whole tour. That was fun. But I think I'll have to say my favorite, favorite part was um, when we did the bucket drive the first time at the music in our musical, um, the beginning of my senior year. So one of the duties I had was to choose students who I think are, who are reliable, could memorize a small script, which you think should be really easy for us. But some people <laughs> and <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially and at the I end would, of a show. Cause you're like oh, so excited. Right. The adrenaline's going. Yeah, exactly. So I said, um, I found one of the leads and it was my friend in my class, Jacob. And I said, Jacob, I would love for you to do one of the two nights. That was our agreement with the department. Two shows for every um, season would be getting bucket, bucket announcements. And we had volunteers. The volunteers were great. So what happened was uh, I gave the speech the first time. And let me tell you, a lot of theater kids didn't, have never really understood pageants and Miss America until mm-hmm. I spoke out loud impromptu yes. because I forgot the entire speech. <gasps> Erica. And, but I remembered them, you know, and I had it written out. I wanted it to be perfect because I'm that perfectionist. And I thought it's got to be perfect. Oh and gosh. I was memorizing it. And I was so nervous and remembering my own lines and everything else. I was like, oh, no, forgot it. But I remembered all my bullet points, which you know is probably why we never memorize speeches. We were taught this from a young age. Don't memorize exactly. it. Forget. So I went up there and impromptu memorized it. And it went great. Everyone's like, whoa, that was great. Thank you. The next day, Jacob came up to me at intermission and he said, I'm not ready. I don't think I can do it. And I said, that's okay. This is a brand new thing. It's not a big deal. I will do it again. So I went up and I did it again. And there is a running joke because I said the wrong number. I think I said, like I said, there's about 300 million, but I gave a percentage. I gave like 13.7 
million. I said like a weird number. Some people oh, could tell no. you exactly what the joke is, but it became a running joke and everybody started laughing and I'm giving the speech and I thought, what did I do? What did I say? Oh God. And I said something wacky, like true Erica fashion, just on brand wacky. <laughs> and I came off stage and no one will let me live it down. I can't oh, remember no. what it is, but they're like, remember that time? And I go, yeah, I do. Oh yeah, that thing. <laughs> so that's probably my favorite moment because the cast just really bonded over my flow. Yeah, I feel like much. that's another valuable skill learned from either theater or pageants. It's like, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to embarrass ourselves, right? But like, you just got to roll with the punches. <laughs> Pick up and move on. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, to sort of close us out a little bit, um, to anybody who wants to be like you and wants to pursue a career in the arts, but is maybe feeling discouraged, especially in the COVID world that we are living in right now, um, what advice would you give them? For me personally, what I see um, myself struggling with on the day-to-day is, of course, social media, which is so impactful and so great, but it can be very detrimental to so many people's mental health to your self-esteem and right now you know everybody's kind of at the same level because of the pandemic to a degree but there are some places where people are i think i've i I think i've struggled because i'm thinking i'm not doing enough i'm not doing enough this is my job i should be doing something every single day i play a day this 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 it's very easy to be overwhelmed and i know i'm not the only one Mm -hmm. so i think what i would say to anyone who's struggling and overthinking this whole this whole pandemic that we're in is, first of all, this too shall pass. Calm down. We're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I just, I think I say that to myself at least once a week. <laughs> we all need to hear it. Right. Girlfriend needs to get it together. But the second thing is to anyone struggling in the general theater, you know, high school, college, real world, um, invest in what brings you joy. Mm-hmm. I've, t- like I said before, I think I focused a little bit too much on the things that I wanted to improve, which somehow led to the, you know, the detriment of my self-esteem and my happiness. But then when I started focusing on the things that I'm grateful for, the things that make me happy, the things that brought me real joy, the dancing, the songs, focusing on what I could control, that made the biggest difference. And especially right now by focusing on the positive, I'm going to be okay. And I'm sure anyone else struggling is going to be okay too. Absolutely. Incredible. And such good advice too, even if you're not in an arts field, like this too shall pass. You're going to be okay. You know, it seems to loom on forever, but we'll make it. We'll be okay. We really will. (laughs) Fantastic. Erica, well, thank you so much for being my first official guest. It was so great chatting with you. And pleasure, Sarah. Oh my goodness. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed hearing from Erica as much as I did. If you want to learn more about the work that she's doing with Broadway Cares and with the Miss America organization, you can follow her on Instagram at Miss Erica Kennedy. And of course, while you're there, feel free to give us a follow at Amplify the Arts so you can stay up to date on new episodes and all the things that we're up to. 